you're going to do, even I believe, God, some lives you want to touch still in this service this morning. So, God, we be open to your word and words you have said and your spirit's moving, continue to move, and all the way to the final end of this service. We allow you, Father God, and your ways to flow. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Got that word? Say, I received a word today. I am what it, what it says I am. Amen. St. Patrick said, I have a creator who knew all things even before they were made, even me. As his little child. St. Patrick. Just let me read some of those things. Maybe I won't get you all messed up here trying to say some and read some and get it all out of whack here, but give you a sermonette. But Patrick was born to a well-to-do family around 386 A.D. Of course, he grew up in Great Britain's uh, western coast there. Many say it was uh, along, uh, likely in Wales there where he grew up. Of course, he was a part of the Roman Empire at that time. His father was a Christian deacon. And he was also a Roman official. But his grandfather was a priest, a preacher. And we know that he was, he was ripped from his home as they invaded. And that was not nothing uh, uncommon. They, was, they would go in and invade the land there and, and take, take people out. They would take the, the young men to, uh, as their slaves. And they took the young women to serve them. And so they would take him away, and so they, they, they went in. He was, he was 16 years old, and they took him. Some say you read a lot of stories, but some say that they took and they put some shackles on him. Shackled him up. And he put him in a slave boat. If you've studied slavery, even the slaves that came, came to, came to America, is somehow what, how he was treated in the boat. And he was shackled up. Some say he was, some say he possibly wouldn't. But he was shackled up, maybe in chains. You know, I was thinking about that a while ago. As I asked you a while ago, were you in chains? You know, the sad thing about today, we live today, there's some people today that's in shackles and don't really know they're in shackles. Amen. Some people today that's in shackles and they don't know how to get out of the shackles. But there's people today that's in shackles and and what I mean by they don't know that they're really in there, that they're really in shackles is because they just living day in and day out doing the same old thing, not realizing that they're in shackles not realizing that they really don't have peace or they may have a house they may even have four vehicles in the, in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the garage or in the yard may even have a boat nothing wrong with none of those things so don't leave today say well the preacher said I got a boat or four, high, four cars I just said that I just picked out that number okay I'm not saying those things is wrong 
Those things are not wrong if they're, if they're not your God and God is your God. But sometimes those things become people's God and they become shackled to those things. And then trying to do those things and provide those things for their family, keep them from doing the things that they really need to do for their family. And they're in shackles and they can't get out of those shackles. But I want to tell you this morning, God can take you out of the shackles. But you've got to give it to Him. See, we try to figure out how to undo the shackle or what's the lock that unlocks the shackle? How can I take the shackle off? See, don't, don't worry about that part. That's not your part to worry about. Your part is to just give it to God. He'll help unloosen them. Because the Bible says that the name of Jesus, all things can, can happen. But so many people today are in shackles against their own will. Get rid of those shackles today. Get rid of those. But he was in that boat, shackles. Thinking about, no doubt, what he had left. and Had no idea where he was going or what he was going to do. But he was sold as a slave, became a slave. He became a slave to herd sheep for a local uh, chieftain there on the slopes of a mount, mountain there in, the, in a country uh, atrium in the north, north of Ireland there. And he lived virtually isolated. His only com- companions he had was two things. The flock that he took care of and his new profound faith in God. Because see, and remember this. You praying for your children, remember, they may not do right even at 16 or whatever. But when he got there and he was isolated, he remembered that granddaddy. He remembered that dad's teaching. He remembered that. And guess what he done? He reverted back to it. He reverted back to it. Why? Because... Mamas, the whole household, daddies, the whole household shall be saved. If you stand on the word of God. If you stand on the word of God. But he was deprived of food and clothes. He lived in isolation. Now think about this. And there was some notes that he wrote down afterwards and went back and and, and put a book together. Very powerful. But he prayed as many as 100 times during the day and matched that total at night. Praying. Just praying. Just praying. Well, you say, well, preacher, you didn't have nothing to do but take care of the sheep. Well, it's two things when you, it's two, two times to pray. It's when you, when you don't have nothing simple to do and when you don't know what to do. But he prayed. He wrote in his writings that six years into his captivity, listen to this, an angel appeared to him, told him a dream. And I quote, You have fasted well. Very soon you will return to your native country. 
And then the angel told him of a ship leaving Ireland. Ireland, Ireland. And the young man, he walked across 200 miles of peat bogs. Now, you may not have a clue what that is in forestry before arriving to the port. Peat bogs are like, if you look that up, it's what we would call today like something like the swamp, going through the swamp, where some of the Everglades are. It'll be ankle deep, sometimes it's knee deep, sometimes it's waist deep, mush. You go through some wood areas, it's wet, and you go back into, into wetlands. 200 miles. And so they said that they believed that the history that was possible Waxford was the port. And he found a cargo ship there that was headed to the European continent. And after the, the captain, the captain refused him to get on there. And guess what Patrick began to do? He began to pray. As he began to pray, before he could finish praying, a sailor from the ship came shouting, Come quickly, the men are calling you. Don't know a lot of history of why they was calling him. But after learning about the captain seeing what the guy said, the captain changed his mind and allowed him to get on the ship. Believing God's protection must have been responsible for this again. Then, listen to this. St. Patrick almost died after his escape from slavery. Then they landed on the continent. The ship's crew found itself wandering for weeks in the wilderness. When they landed back, they landed not where they were supposed to. They was off course. And they spent weeks in the wilderness. No food. They began to eat all the food, began to perish. And they began to, guess what? Chastise Patrick. Quote, What about this Christian? You tell us that your God is great and all-powerful. Why can't you pray for us since we're in a bad state with hunger? The starving sailors asked him. And I quote, He says this, Turn in faith with all your hearts to the Lord my God because nothing is impossible for him. As he did that, in a prayer that appeared immediately to be answered, there was a stampede of pigs that crossed their path. Wasn't that a coincidence? There was Patrick's first converts. He made a believer out of those folks, those guys. He made a believer out of those he eventually returned, we know, to his family in Great Britain. <clears throat> he continued his walk with the Lord. His parents uh, begged him to never leave again. But he had, he had some visions. God had given him some visions. And he returned back. He, want, he was ready to return. He wanted to go back. God was giving him a different plan. 
He heard the voice of the Irish calling him. People that had abused him, people that had, come on, people that had, had had him in slavery, but he was calling from the Spirit of God was calling that they needed a what? Savior. They needed a Savior. So after a, a period of religious training, he was ordained as a, as, as a deacon, and then he went on, he was consecrated as a bishop. So with no hesitation, he returned to Ireland to preach the gospel. And we don't have time this morning, but there was a lot of hardships, a lot of things that he faced with the people and trying to preach the truth to them. But he had favor. He had favor that he had, he had favor with every king in every area of Ireland. He had, he got, had the favor of God with every king that he would go in and minister to every king and they would let him preach and teach the gospel in their area. And lives become changed, touched, and ministered. And he used the clover. These ushers are going to pass these out. I want you to take one home with you today. He used the three-leaf clover. It represents the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He used that to minister and teach. I think I shared that last Sunday. But I want to, they, they're just going to pass you out one of these clovers and just take it home with you, keep it in your pocket or whatever till it breaks up or whatever. Great little tool of their land that, that God used and give him that idea. As he ministered to them. And so, the country island, they denounced their gods and begin to serve the one true God instead because of this one man turned the whole country upside down for God. Whole country. Whole country. According to his own writings in his book that he put his notes together that's been published, Patrick baptized thousands of new believers resulting in a changed country. Church, and I'm telling you, it can still happen today. And I believe it's happening in the United States of America. I believe that. By the end of the 5th century, Ireland had a strong move. It became a Christian nation. So, how do we, just summing up this morning... How do we celebrate St. Patrick's Day? And it's the 17th. We shared last week, that is the island's flag, country's flag. The green represents them, which is a lot big and Catholic. Orange represents the Protestant, what St. Patrick was coming in. And the white... It represents pulling them together. But we know, if you're familiar with the, with, with the uh, island and all the, the, the Irish and everything, 
They serve corned beef and cabbage, followed by everybody getting drunk. So that's not the Christian way to, to celebrate. And let me throw this in. But you see the, the clover that he used. And then we see the other things that the world has took, which is the leprechauns. And I'll leave all that with you, but I will share this. I guess it's a fact. Some say there is there is a little place over there that they still have about a hundred of them living now. That's I'm gonna leave that with you. But in reality, what the leprechauns is and all of that really really don't don't exist. But the leprechaun and the pot of the gold at the end of the rainbow is the world's thing about the the Irish and. And, and trying to tie that with St. Patrick. But I want to tell you, at the end of the rainbow about the gold, St. Patrick had the gold, but it was inside of him. It was the Holy Spirit. It was not the part of the gold and all of that. But that goes with the, with the drinking and the celebrating of that side of it. But St. Patrick was going with the spiritual part. But that's a, that's a lot of legends and things of the history that came from, came from all of that. But as Christians, I mean, you know, we know much more than that. Amen. Amen. We got a better reason to celebrate. Now hold to your thing. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there and we'll read it in just a second in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. But you know, actually as a Christian, you and I today, we really have a blank check for celebrating and we should be we should be ready to to, to, to party at, at, at any time about any excuse. Why? Because it's actually a command. In First Thessalonians five eighteen, he says, "In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." Why? Because whatever you face encounter, you coming out of it. That's why St. Patrick was able to turn, turn around, change, flip the whole island because he prayed, he sought God, and, and, and when, he was slave, when he was a slave, he prayed and he prayed and he prayed, and he began to say, in, in all I'm going through, I'm giving thanks because God is going to bring me through this, he's going to bring me out of this, God's working on something, and I'm trusting God in Jesus' name. So when there's a when there's a holiday that's rooted in in, in as as a Christian today, especially as this, as this guy is a missionary and evangelist, we all have the more reason to, to to party and all those that get drunk. They they just get drunk over a pot of gold that don't even exist. But I want to tell you, honey, we got the gold. Hey, man, we got the gold. We got we got the Holy Spirit. We got Jesus. We got God. We got more than they'll ever that they, they'll they'll ever have. Hey, man. But we pray they get saved and they will have the real thing. Now, you know, the, the funny thing about this, and let me just skip it all around, but just let me share this with you. See, in, in one way, he was really not a saint. Because in the Roman, the Roman Catholic faith, 
An individual has to be officially become a saint by you know who? The Pope. They have to become a saint by the Pope to become Saint Patrick, to become the title of a saint. Patrick was never uh, blessed as the Pope never blessed him. So St. Patrick's Day, the funny thing about that, St. Patrick's Day is actually a Catholic feast day, but technically he's not even a saint. Isn't that funny? And a lot of Catholic people don't even have a clue about that. But they call him St. Patrick. There's a big day they celebrate him because he was Catholic, but he's really never called. He's really not a saint. Really not a saint. But as a Protestant, what we are today, we follow Romans 1, 1 7. Look at Romans 1 7 in King James. Look at this. To all that be in Rome, beloved God, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at this. What do we put down here? Verse 6 and 7 in the NLT. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his own holy people. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and give you peace. Wow. St. Patrick. Was, was a saint. Amen. Because I believe that all believers are truly saints. I believe all believers are truly saints. How many saints we got today? Amen. I believe we're all saints today. Let me read you this quote. We'll get you to communion and you still want to get right, change, give something to God. We'll give it to God and then you can go eat that meatloaf or roast beef, whatever you got. This quote, what he says, is one of his other quotes. He had so many quotes. He said, I'm Patrick, a sinner, most uncultivated and least of all the faithful and despised in the eyes of many. That's what the world seen him as. But he came a saint that changed a whole country. A whole country. And I read that and I thought about You know, that quote sounds like Paul almost. And if you think about all he went through, he he almost lived a life to Paul in a sense. Almost some of the things that he went through were the same thing that Paul went through. But what all of this said today, that's a little bit about who St. Patrick is. As we celebrate his birthday, the 17th this coming week. But we talked about last Sunday what green represents the life, all the things, transformation and rebirth. But as they serve you this morning, I want to ask you this. We discovered who St. Patrick is and St. Peter and Paul. But I ask you today, who are you? Who are you today? Who are you today? What, what, what are you dealing with? Who are you today? Shackles? You let them shackles go today. Who are you today? 
are you today? Who are you today? I want to ask you. Did you have that if you would take the bread off at the bottom first? Turn it upside down. Take that bread out. Get rid of it. Then flip it back over. Because just as you do this the right way, there's only some things work the right way. And some may just have the others. Some may have the old ones that's got the bread on top. I'm sorry. But church, there's only one way to trust Jesus today. And that's just give it to Him. Maybe we could have one of our musicians, and I don't know if he wanted to do a song or whatever, but, but just before we go, we're going to take communion today. But this, these altars are still open for you to come. These altars are still open for you to come. Still open for you to come today. But I'm asking. And if you're not familiar with this, this bread represents the body of Jesus. This juice represents his blood. And what this really is, is communion is really prescription. Because he says by his stripes on his body, you're healed. By his blood, you're saved. And so you're taking this and believing that Jesus has already done it. And this is like a prescription. That you're standing on the word. I'm healed. I'm saved. I'm whole. I'm going forth in Jesus' name. No matter what the devil throws at me, I am an overcomer. But you got to take a stand on that. Say prescription, just like you go doctor, he gives you that medicine, you're going to take it. You're going to take it and believe you're getting well. God works through it and you get well. Well, I know God works through this. Not the bread and the juice, but what it represents. What it represents. And so you're doing this as an agreement and, and, and building your faith up as a prescription. You're standing on it. And you have the right next week when the heart or, or whatever attacks, the devil trying to attack your body or whatever he's trying to attack in your life. You say, oh, no, I done took communion. Bless God. Listen, devil, I'm fitting to go take communion again because I got power over you. That's that. The, there's a scripture that says the violent take it by force. And so sometimes you just get violent with the devil. So I'm going to go take communion again. Worse water and crackers or whatever. But said upon this word. He gave. And I received today. But as you hold this. And before we do this. If you would like to come. Father. As we bow our heads before you. God if there's one that wanted to come early. But just didn't. May they move now. God, as we pray and thank you for this bread that represents your body, Jesus, you gave. God, you sent your son, Jesus. And this juice represents his blood. That we have wellness, hope, the glory of you is in and on us today. Because of what you did, we do this in remembrance. We have a blood-bought right to be healed, whole, and well healing in our body, our finances, our relationships, every area of our life is prosperous and blessed. We're doing our part to make it happen. We're going to commit our part. And you're bound by your word to do yours. So 
God, we take this communion today and those that's watching with us today take theirs at home. We stand on your word. We got a blood-bought right. And we're taking this as a remembrance of that. So we take it today. We leave today well. Things are working out. We're going to be open to you. We're going to follow your leading. Things get better as we follow you. In Jesus' name. You take that bread. that juice Father we thank you this morning that we got a blood bought right so we declare wellness in our bodies relationships finances all's good and better we, we going forward we going up better better is on us today just lift your hands and thank him say God I thank you better better is coming my way better better is coming to my house it's coming to me health finances, relationship, family better, better because I'm standing on your word the devil's defeated I'm praying and you're moving I'm praying and you're moving God I just give you that glory today I give you that glory I'm doing my part I'm doing my part I receive it today I receive it today I receive it today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. God bless you today. Amen. Just bless you today. Have a great afternoon. Be blessed. You. Don't forget you to send our class tonight. Join us tonight, 5 o'clock. Be a part of that. You in the class tonight.